Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 17th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres or my personal account which is at Javapeno. Both accounts got a lot of good tweets, got some memes and dreams, and occasionally some bad things. But we don't talk about the bad things now, do we? And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPodres at gmail.com. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. But today's show is a little bit of a special one. I'm being joined by a very special guest. You might know him from 10 News in San Diego, and perhaps, just perhaps, just perhaps, for Padres fans, more famously as the 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 one half of the dynamic duo that makes up the Ben and Woods show as part of 97.3, the fan San Diego, along with Stephen Woods. He is not, I repeat, not to be confused with the former Bachelor contestant. It's Mr. Ben Higgins. How you doing, man? Yeah, Javier, it's good to, good to be talking to you. Thanks for inviting me on today. Absolutely, man. And, you know, it's just we're we're in kind of, you know, unprecedented times. And I just felt like, you know, this would be fun. And I saw that you had more experience with the San Diego area. And But but first, before we get into that, how have you been holding up and how has the, the work life kind of been? You know, um, obviously, it hasn't been ideal with no sports for a sportscaster and a sports talk radio show host. But I have to admit, it's gone better than I thought it would. Um, doing the show with Woods keeps things fun. I mean, he likes he likes to keep everything lighthearted and not get overly sportsy to begin with. So he's thrived and just kind of pulled me along for the ride on the radio show. And on television, they've, um, you know, we decided early on that daily sportscast didn't make a lot of sense if there's no live sports going on. So um, fortunately, I've got uh, some other skill sets and I've been doing a podcast of my own on the coronavirus for 10 News. So I do that pretty much every single day. And it's kept me busy and uh, somewhat sane over this past month or so. It's 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 true. And then for me doing this little show, I guess, is kind of my way to keep saying it's at least a an hour ish that I have in the day to kind of keep myself occupied. But, you know, I think I definitely consider myself a lucky one. So um, but I want to have, have you on the show because, you know, you host this radio show and I used to host a radio show, of course, not on that that level I hosted at my school. And I thought that would be fun because you have a lot of experience in the San Diego area. Right. You've been you, you you're from there. You do the Ben and Woods show. And I want to ask because I'm a little bit more new, actually, believe it or not, to the Padres fandom, which is kind of crazy considering I'm hosting a podcast on them. But I only started considering them as what would become my new team like a few years ago, you know, maybe like 2014, 2013 area when I started to be like, eh, I don't know if I'm super big on the Yankees anymore. And one of the things on the lockdown community that's been that we've been doing for the past like couple weeks ish is talking about like the all time greats the all-time, more specifically, the all-time great teams. So since you have more experience covering the San Diego area, I wanted to know, I thought it might be fun hearing from your perspective. And when I say, like, all-time teams, what teams come to mind? What kind of stories come to mind for that? Well, you know, I mean, the easy answer is always, there's only been two World Series teams, obviously, for the Padres, 1984 Mm -hmm. and 1998. And I, I was a fan for both. In 1984, probably the most memorable season of my childhood, of course, as a Padres fan, but uh, to have, you know, Tony Gwynn and Steve Garvey, um, you know, the, the pitching staff they put together, you know, Dave Trebecki and Eric Shaw and Ed Whitson and the story of them beating the Cubs in five games. I actually was at game five, the decisive game of the 1984 National League Championship Series when the Cubs mm-hmm. rallied against um, Rex Sutcliffe and the Cubs 
uh, from behind. I think they were down 3 nothing and came back to win 6-3 to and clinched their first National League pennant. Uh, the celebration that just went on in San Diego that night, I remember hearing the horns honking throughout the town. I had never experienced sports success in my city uh, like hmm. that before, and it was very powerful to me as a young sports fan uh, to get to see that team. And it was um, – I mean, it was an interesting team. The manager was Dick Williams, who was a crusty right. old curmudgeon. Even back then, in 1984, <laughs> he was a pretty old curmudgeon. And then there was this mix of a, you know young Tony Gwynn, speedy Alan Wiggins, who was the second baseman, leadoff man, um, who was every time he got on, he was a threat to steal second base. And, of course, I loved him because his last name, just kind of like my last name, he was Wiggins, <laughs> I was Higgins. Um, so nice, that nice. got me locked in. He went on, had some... Uh, he had some drug problems, uh, you know, later it was the 80s, of course. And, um, you know, his career didn't amount – has probably wasted a lot of the potential there. But that one season, I mean, it was like he'd get on, you know, hit and run. Somehow Tony or he'd steal second. Tony would bring him in. Um, and it was it was probably my favorite season. But those are the obvious ones, 1998, of course, um, mm-hmm. and getting to the World Series. But there were a couple of other teams that I really enjoyed that probably don't get as much – attention uh one of them was the 1989 team which mm-hmm. did not make, win the national league west uh they finished 89 and 73 uh finished three games behind the san francisco giants that year and this was back when uh the braves and the reds and the astros were in the division as well with the dodgers and the giants before expansion realignment so this was the old this was the old style but it was such a fun season because not only did the Padres have Tony Quinn on his way to another batting title, hitting 338 that year. But mm-hmm. they also had uh, their Cy Young Award winner, Mark Davis, out of the bullpen, who just was almost a, like the one-season wonder, just had the incredible season as their closer that year uh, to help propel them to 89 wins. And in kind of a soft year for National League Cy Young candidates, he ends up winning the Cy Young. And uh, Benito Santiago behind the plate, who was always one of my favorite players to watch, you know, throwing guys out from his knees. A uh, really dynamic young catcher in Major League Baseball. That was the year that Sandy Alomar Jr. came up before he was traded off to the to the uh, Indians to start his his career there. They had a Jack Clark came that season, and he was he and Tony Gwynn didn't get along, but he was a slugger. He had like 26 home runs. So that 1989 was one of my sneaky kind of favorite seasons to watch that people don't talk about a lot in Padres history. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, and you mentioned 84, and I'm glad you mentioned 84 because I actually just did a podcast on the, the 84 Padres talking about like me from afar, I guess. I thought that, would, that was kind of like a fun thing and how it was definitely this team that had like, like you said, like a lot of different personalities, it seems. And I was just looking up the, the Mark Davis numbers, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's 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 funny. He had a, a lifetime ERA of around like, like 3.94 and he really wasn't all that great. And then f- funny enough, he has these these two seasons while on the Padres where he has an ERA of two. And then the, the year after that in 89, like you were just talking about a 1.85. So that's pretty like, that's insane. You know what I mean? I and didn't then they, realize. Uh, then they traded him off and he went off to the, uh, signed to the free agent went off and he's gone. I was such, I remember being mm-hmm. so disappointed. I think he went to the Kansas city Royals, but he yep. was never that great again. And it was like, Oh, you know what? They got the absolute best out mm-hmm. of Mark Davis that year. And it was kind of fun. Plus, uh, that team had Biff Roberts, uh, who was so fun to watch. Uh, they had uh, John Cruck, Win Gwynn and Cruck. I mean, we're always uh, what a great. They once uh, I think they homered three straight to like open the home opener one year uh, hmm. to start a game back to back to back. Win Gwynn and Cruck. 
which was amazing as well. So a lot of stories uh, from that 1980 time. Tim Flannery was still on the team uh, back then. Joey Cora uh, was on that team. Uh, Alex Cora's brother, Roberto Alomar, was in the infield of that team. I think a lot wow. of really good players on that 1989 Padres team. That's really fun. I love when you find connections to like – just these random like players like like Cora like that's just like a fun kind of throwback and it's definitely something that I can understand as someone who's who's oh, a lot and younger. Mark Grant, and just... Mud. Mud was on that team. Wow. And oh, Jack really? Dean, who was the trainer Jack, he was the GM, and sometimes he'd be the manager. I mean, he went on, of course, won a World Series as manager with the Marlins, but he was Trader Jack. He'd pull off these wild mm-hmm. trades, and one season he just got fed up with the manager and just made himself the manager in the middle of the season and did a pretty good job. It was um. It was a pretty wild, wild year for baseball for for the Padres, especially. What would you say if you could compare these the '89, the '84 team, that kind of uh, I don't know fan mindset maybe to what the fan mindset is now? Do you think there's any differences? Do you think people still feel as strongly about the team? Has the fandom somehow waned a bit? Is it just different? Is it younger? Is it more? Well, what kind of like is your your view on that? You know, I think there are way more fans now. I mean, you know, at Petco Park, they draw, you know, two and a half million. They couldn't have even dreamed of that back in the 1980s. There was a great appreciation, though. Um, see, the first, I think, uh, so the Padres were born in 1969. They did not have a winning season until 1978, and that was just 84 wins. And then they didn't have another winning season until 1984. The best they did was 500. So, Everyone was so like appreciative that after all these losing years that we finally had a baseball team that was a winner. It was like a novelty. Like, wow, we've got a winning team. And there was really not, you know, we didn't expect much. So when mm-hmm. we got that, um, it was the first time we had a chance that decade to see some winning baseball. They, 1985 was supposed to be a big year, too, and uh, just didn't pan out. One of those, you know, kind of hangover years after making the National League Championships here and making the World Series, winning the National League. They only ended up winning 83 games. They, they dealt with some injuries. Then they kind of took a step back, and then they ramped up 83 wins in 98, 89 wins in that season of 1989. That was about as good as it got for, a de- I mean, for the Padres at the time. Um, but nowadays, you know, I mean, it's been so long since the Padres have made the playoffs. Maybe we'll get that again. Maybe when the Padres go to the postseason, we'll get that appreciation again that, hey, this is so great. We haven't seen this in such a long time. Mm-hmm. It'll feel new and fresh again to see the Padres in the postseason. Yeah, it's funny. You, you know, you, you just, you're just hoping for, I guess, a spark of hope. And I've, you know, maybe I can't speak to this as much, but it feels like this this current team is, there's some optimism. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like this is a, a team that, despite their record last season, that has just no type of hope whatsoever. I still feel like there's a, obviously, assuming baseball does come back and, in a reasonable fashion and what have you, I feel like there is some some stuff to look forward to, and maybe Padres fans can be excited about that. Talent, that there's hope. There's definitely hope for the Padres from from now. Whenever baseball comes back for the foreseeable future, you're not going to go into a Padres season and not feel like they've at least got a fighting chance. Absolutely. Now, Ben, one of my last questions I wanted to ask you is, I, I do hear my research of like the the '84 team. One of my favorite little. I guess random fun anecdotes and showing the the personality of some type of players was this this story of Kurt Bavakwa, who I had no idea who that was before looking into this. No idea. Really great last name. I was a big fan of that. But it was this thing where he was he was playing catch on the side of like a like a twenty story building, like catching the ball 
from from that height <laughs> of a, a a building and i was just like I, I feel like i've never heard of anyone trying that somehow which is what's so funny or whatever do you think there are some funny like athlete padre athlete stories or maybe one or two that you come to mind for you especially with like the old timer teams well you know kb is great and if you don't you haven't <laughs> had a chance to get to meet him i mean you know he's gone on i've done radio with him in the years and he's always he's always good for a story and you know he's still local as uh his kids have been playing high school baseball and we've done radio with him in the past so he was definitely one of those personalities uh that you'd get to know and and like and that's really what baseball is all about uh, let me try to think of a a story like that that um that i love about baseball uh the Padres in particular mm-hmm. um john crock is it was always one of my favorites um he was I don't know. There's something about a guy who's not in great shape. You know, John Cruck, who was always kind of a little overweight in the lineup, and being uh, one of those guys. You remember the year he was in uh, Major League All Star game? He's a left-handed batter, and he has to go up against Randy Johnson. It was just the peak Randy Johnson uh, at that time. You know, throwing lefty, six eleven. He's coming at you, kind of sidearm. It's mm-hmm. the most intimidating thing for a left-handed batter. So John Cruck goes up there and just switches around. And, just hits right. He's not a switch hitter, but he just bats up right-handed because he does not want to face Randy Johnson left-handed, even in an All-Star game. Just pointless. There's no way to even even take on something like that. I thought that was one of the uh, the most funny All-Star game moments that I can remember uh, from at that time a former Padre, John Crack. That's a good one. That's a good one. I actually thought of one last, a quick, quick thing. If I could just get you for one more second, I've been asking a lot of my guests just quickly if they have a take on the best baseball movie. By any chance, Mr. Ben Higgins, do you have a take? Oh, I think we all have our favorites. I'm, I've always been a major league guy. Uh, for some mm-hmm. reason, that's just the right combination of comedy and fun, a fun baseball story uh, of getting you know that comeback late in the season for that team and the great cast and characters. Really good writing. I mean, just some, when they go through the lines of uh, you know early in that movie when they're sending out the invitations and. The owner, the woman, Rachel Phelps, hands out, here's a mm-hmm. list of the players we'll be inviting to spring training. And they go, I haven't heard of half of these guys. The ones I have heard of are way past their prime. Most of these guys <laughs> never even had a prime. This guy here is dead. <laughs> Cross him off then. I just, I mean, it is a constant nonstop for me of laughs that that movie of Major League, it does, and it, but it feels baseball. It feels like those guys mm-hmm. actually are kind of baseball players in a clubhouse because I've seen it look like that in the locker rooms before, that they're just a little rough around the edges and they're just about the baseball and they're cracking jokes. And I, major league to me is my number one baseball movie. Awesome. That's a great choice, man. And for sure. I mean, I, I actually watched that for the first time, like last year and man, the, the Charlie Sheep thing really took me off guard. I didn't realize how much I'd be laughing at Charlie Sheep's performance of that. Then uh, it was a blast having you on. I'm going to let you go now, let you get back to your work and whatnot. Sorry if I went a little bit overboard in time. It was great oh, yeah, having you on the show. Yeah, Take for care. sure, man, for sure. All right, you too. And outro sound there, guys. A little bit of an awkward ending, actually, with my conversation with Mr. Ben Higgins. But alas, it was still a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that kind of quick conversation. If you guys want to follow Ben on Twitter, he's at Ben 
Higgins SD and Ben and Woods, which is the show he, of course, co-hosts with Stephen Woods, is at Ben and Woods. I'll put the links in the description of the podcast. If you want to check that out. I know that ever since I kind of started doing this this podcast, I've been looking around in terms of media people and being more getting more acquainted with some of the people I was unfamiliar with in the kind of San Diego community and Padres community and whatnot. And I've been listening to a little bit of of the Ben and Woods show, and it's been really, really a blast listening to it, honestly. Not, not, I haven't listened to like every episode or whatever, but just the few I have. I know I actually tuned in when he was doing an interview with Nikki Glazer, which was a lot of fun. Not baseball-related, but it was still it was still fun. So so definitely shout-out to Ben Higgins for being on the podcast. Maybe have him on again. I was a little, really like, like a lot of fun, considering we only talked for a brief amount of time. He had to get to work. He's a busy man. Very busy man. And with all that said, you know, next week we've got some some cool podcast plans. It's going to be a week that's I'm trying to be talking about kind of the best moments of the 2019 season. Doing a little retrospective on 2019, maybe even talking about the worst moments. This may or may not have a lot to do with Fernando Tatis when it comes to the best moments. When it comes to worst moments, it may or may not have a lot to do with Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. <laughs> but uh, we'll be talking. We'll be having that next week, and a couple of other fun, fun ideas. I've been teasing this Moneyball podcast for a while. We're going to be doing that soon. Probably recording that this weekend. And I've got some other special guests planned for next week. And still, don't worry, my brain is churning out ideas like Speedy Gonzalez, like Sonic the Hedgehog, like. Like, accelerate from Ben 10. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. I need to be put down. I need to be put to bed. <laughs> anyway, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter for some good memes and good dreams. Also, want to give a shout out to the Locked On MLB show, hosted by my man Sully, who does a killer job, and you might be hearing some stuff about me and Sully soon. You might. Maybe in the future. I may or may not have appeared on one of his shows. You'll just have to stay tuned for that, guys. Just a little just a little peek. Just a little teaser. You know, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'll have to probably ask him about that, but still, it's a little teaser for you. And anyway, enough of the outro business. Until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.